It's time for Carolina Blitz, the freshest coverage of Carolina sports and entertainment. Hosted by founder and editor-in-chief, Vashti Hurt. She don't play games. She covers them. Thank you for tuning in to Carolina Blitz, the radio show on ESPN 730 The Game. My name is Vashti Hurt. I am your hostess and founder and editor-in-chief of Carolina Blitz, a website, a brand dedicated to finding fresh and compelling news stories in and outside of traditional sports reporting and sharing them in a way that is entertaining and fun with you guys, the listeners, and the fans. We are a credentialed media outlet. We cover the Carolina Panthers, Duke Blue Devils, UNC Tar Heels, NC State Wolfpack, and more. So make sure you're going to carolinablitz.com daily to check out our new content. We're happy to bring our brand from our website here to radio on 730 The Game. Uh, so if you follow us, you know that at carolinablitz.com uh, and on our Twitter at Carolina Blitz, we appreciate the fans of the teams that we cover and the passion that they have. So each week, we're going to highlight you. We're going to do something different, highlight the fans of the teams we cover and have you on as a special co-host. So if you're interested our DMs are open. This week, I am happy to be joined by Royal Howell. And if you are a fan of Carolina Blitz and you go to Carolina Blitz and read our content, Royal is one of our best contributors. Um, he is also co-host of Two Shades of Blue podcast, along with Terrence Hatchett. Terrence was actually our guest last week. Royal, welcome to the show. Thanks for being our guest co-host of the week. Uh, tell us a little bit about yourself, the teams you're a fan of, and the Two Shades of Blue podcast. Yo, yo, what's up? My name is Royal Howell. I'm a part of Carolina Blitz. I'm one of the contributors. I'm also a part half part of Two Shades of Blue podcast with Terrence Hatchett. Uh, I'm based out of the Raleigh area here in North Carolina. Um, my teams I cover and I help bash I cover is uh, Duke, Carolina State, the Panthers, anything Carolina we pretty much cover. Um, I've been writing um, for here and other uh, networks for probably about a year and a half now and I'm just you know I'm glad to be a part of the whole process and I'm ready to learn and you know break into the sports world um, led by Bashai. So you your your team I gotta rag on you a little bit because I know you're a Steelers fan and uh everybody was on that Steelers train and I was like mm, cap like they're not really like that. What happened? Everything happened. Everything from offensive play calls. Um, you see, we just got rid of our offensive coordinator, Randy Fishner, who, in my opinion, has been very mediocre in the last several years. He's had too much talent to just be mediocre from Antonio Brown, Le'Veon Bell, Juju, um, James Conner, who, you know, you can look at both sides of the equation. He's always injured, so he has durability issues. But um, some of the play calling in the last several years have been, needless to say, abysmal. Um, we got him out of town quickly and you know hopefully you know Ben's last year with the Steelers because he's not going to where he has 41 million dollars due this year he's not retiring this season so you know he'll be back next year and hopefully you know my Steelers bring number seven to the crib it won't happen but if you're just now tuning in you're listening to Carolina Blitz the radio show on ESPN 730 we're gonna hop into our topics for the day Duke basketball Ooh. Duke, Duke entered the season in the top 10. They were ranked as high as sixth early. Uh, I think that was week two. Um, and they have the third ranked recruiting class. Now 
They're five and four, seventh in the ACC outside of the top 25 uh, for the first time since the 2016 season. They dropped two in a row, and now they have Louisville slated for later today. Royal, you follow the Devils. What's wrong with them? Everything is wrong with Duke this season. Everything. And I'm going to try to keep it as PG as possible. But um, my boys have no heart, no grit, no tenacity, no leadership, no nothing whatsoever, including no defense at all. Um, this is the first time since 1995 where Duke has had four losses within the first 15 games of the season. Um, I think that year they were nine and six the first 15 games of the season. But this team has no defense. Let's just start off on the defensive end. If you watched the game the other night against Pittsburgh where Justin Champagne lit uh, us up like a creepy. He was our- cooking. He was cooking. And that's just an understatement of what he really was doing to us. Not only did they flex on Duke, they mocked Duke. They were hitting shots, high-fiving, hugging, talking straight trash in our faces. And not one player on the Duke roster stood up and had some decency to say, hey, we ain't taking this you-know-what today. Like, it's not going down. We just straight got punked. This isn't the first time this season where Duke has just got straight punked on the court. Even at home against Illinois and Michigan State, we were getting straight toe up to the flow up in our house. And not one player wanted to stand up against it and just say, hey, we not taking this crap today. It's just too much inconsistency starting on the defensive end. On the offensive end, we're young. Yeah, we're young. We have a bunch of freshmen who are playing. We had injuries. But so what? Other teams have injuries also. At the end of the day, we lazy. We have no transition defense. We have no interior presence. We have Matthew Hurt, who's playing out of position, who, yeah, he gained 30 pounds in the offseason. But at the end of the day, when it comes to him playing a bunch of brothers, we get straight smacked. Like, at the end of the day, I'm calling like it is. He's playing out of position. He's playing a stretch forward. In the paint, he gets straight demolished. When any, any team that has any type of physicality, um, a bunch of athletes on the end, we're just bad matchups for it. It's early in the season. Yeah, you might say, oh, it's only nine games in the season. So what? It doesn't matter if it's 20 games in the season. Just like Rule Williams said today on his radio show, hey, we're nine games in the season. These players need to start catching on quick, passing on it. That's a totally different program. This is a Duke basketball. You sh- it's a privilege to wear the Duke uniform. It's a privilege. Not just a, not just a one, oh, I want to play for Duke. It's a privilege to even be able to step into Cameron Indoor Stadium. You protect that court at all costs. You protect it any court at all costs. When you're not hustling, when you're not showing any heart, when you're not showing any grit, you got to bring it day in, day out. You're putting on a Duke uniform, the four letters that go across your chest, you represent that brand with everything, with your whole body, with your life on the line. It's Duke basketball. Play like it. Don't What's be sitting in the court just Yo, well, tell, tell us how you really feel, Royal. You know, do you think, though, and, and this is and this is something because this pandemic has thrown a wrench into a lot of things. Uh, the seasons aren't the, the a truncated preseason. There are no fans in the stands. These guys are having to adjust game cancellations like at the last minute, which is what happened when Duke went to Florida State and they had traveled and they get off the plane and it was like, oh, you got to turn around and come back because there's a cancellation. Are we not giving these squads a pass because of this unconventional type season? Absolutely. Well, you know, that's a slippery slope also because not only is Duke going through this, but every other team in the country is going through the same type of issues. Some teams that even had multiple cancellations. Yeah, Duke had some cancellations, but majority of those cancellations were due to Coach K canceling the entirety of the non-conference schedule. 
So other teams have time. They have the same issues that Duke is going through. Um, it's some on our end and some out of our control also. You can't really put anything um, past the COVID pandemic where Coach K is just trying to protect his players, the safety, the mindset, the psychologically mindset of his players because in reality, these players are really not having the normal all-season per se where you're able to gel with the team outside of the court, go to different places, just build that camaraderie with one another. And I think that the COVID pandemic, this is probably one of the seasons in the history of basketball where you can say, hey, it's just everything's out of the ordinary. And I'd be totally surprised. I understand they're putting the entire NCAA, uh, the entire NCAA tournament in Indianapolis, but I think that's a bad idea in my, from my point of view, just because you're having 60, 60 plus teams in one city playing at multiple gymnasiums. What happens if there's an outbreak? Then you're trying to do a contract tracing where the players have been within the last three to five days. What if we're in a sweet 16? I mean, you have players that have been around one another from other teams, other coaches, other training staff, management, whatever the case may be. You're trying to contact trace from three to five days from over 60 plus teams in the same type of vicinity. I think that's just a really, really bad idea. Well, I, you know, I think they're going to try to do some type of bubble format or then maybe uh, the vaccine will have uh, progressed more so than what it has now. So that'll be that'll be yet to be uh, to be determined. But I do think I do think, yes, everyone is going through COVID. However, older teams, more experienced squads are able to adjust better to college life, period. Like we remember when we were freshmen in college, everything was new. Everything was different. Everything was getting used to how things are. And I can't even imagine being a college freshman now through COVID. On top of that, playing basketball for a squad like Duke. It's a lot of change, a lot of a lot of fluctuation for 18-year-olds, uh, 19-year-olds. So I get that Duke, are, they're going through some growing pains. Uh, I think it's natural. I think you see it with other squads, and we'll talk about this a bit later, but Duke isn't the only one. You have Kentucky loaded with talent, but they're struggling. You have UNC. They may be finding their footing now, but they have had their struggles as well. I think this COVID is hitting these younger teams a lot harder. Now, that does not, that does not compensate for not playing defense, um, but I think it does compensate for the bully ball that teams are playing against Duke. Like, they've learned, okay, be physical with them, and they're going to they're gonna retreat. They're going to – like, that's a product of being older, seasoned, like knowing the game. Uh, and I think that really good players – adjust to that quickly like Zion Zion came in playing bully ball that's why he was so good because he came in playing bully ball and we see him playing bully ball in the league RJ Barrett very aggressive offensively just these guys adjusted to that college that, that gap from college to uh from high school to college these guys from Duke right now I think they're having an issue with it and I think that COVID is playing a bigger role in it than we're all talking about and I don't I don't, I don't think it's an excuse because I see other squads with the same struggles. All right. So if you're just now tuning in, you are listening to Carolina Blitz, the radio show on ESPN 730. The game speaking with Royal, one of our Carolina Blitz contributors and also co-host of the Two Shades of Blue podcast. Make sure you're going to CarolinaBlitz.com, clicking on podcast and then checking out and then 
uh, selecting two shades of blue. They drop new episodes every Monday. So go there Monday morning while after you read your emails at work and you're chilling. All right, we're going to stick with college basketball because this is this is my favorite time of the year. Yeah, we talk NFL, cover the Panthers, love the NFL, but college basketball is my boo thing. All right, UNC, NC State, they also play later on today. State finally got the Tar Heel monkey off of their back. They beat UNC 79 to 76 in Raleigh on December the 22nd. The Heels have kind of been up and down this season. I kind of mentioned that a little bit, a little earlier, uh, but they seem to be finding their footing. The Wolfpack, however, are coming off an extended break due to COVID-19. I, don't, I think it's they didn't practice for like 10 days. Uh, Royal, does NC State have any shot at winning Saturday and completing the regular season sweep of UNC? They have a shot. And they have a shot, um, you know, the ball can bounce anyway, any day seven days a week. Um, I think this game is going to result down to the freshmen, specifically R.J. Davis and Caleb Love, who said during their post game the other night that um, they're looking forward to this game Saturday. Um, not to mention during the last matchup, um, the two freshmen for state, um, specifically Shaquille Moore, who you know stated that he loves playing against these guys. He's played against them a lot during AAU. Um, he's been doing this for a while, and he made it known that, hey, I've been doing this to them since AAU days. Um, I think the thing that Roy Williams will have to teach with his young guns is um, don't make, don't take the matchup personal because when you're trying to go out here and make it a one-on-one matchup versus um, putting your – you're jeopardizing your team for getting a W in the win column because you want to make it more of a one-on-one matchup because, hey, he busted Martel last time he played. That could be detrimental to your team at the end of the day. So I think that Carolina and specifically Caleb Love, who's been putting in work his last two games, he's just more has has more control of the offense. He's shooting within the offense. Sure, extending to the half court set, um, matching up for like a two three zone. I mean, the boys are playing defense. Um, they're top, I think, top three in the country in offensive rebounds. Getting second possessions will be huge this week. Um, Coach Keats did admit today that they will be getting some players back. Um, during this game, so that could have a, you know, that could have an effect on the outcome of the game also. But I think this game is going to result down to can UNC get second chance points? Can Caleb Love and R.J. Davis not make this a one-on-one battle with the two young guns for state and put the team first? And thirdly, can UNC get out in transition? Um, UNC this year has struggled in the transition offense. Rule Williams said today that UNC just doesn't put the ball in primary and secondary break. Like, it just doesn't – it hasn't happened this year. That's UNC basketball, getting out in your primary, secondary break, getting out in transition, forcing turnovers, getting out in transition, transition defense, stopping buckets, guarding the three-point line, which UNC has failed to do year in, year out, will be huge on Saturday. Huge. Yeah, this UNC team, you're used to running, you know, and and you talked about Garrison Brooks uh, or UNC, and we spoke to Garrison Brooks on Friday about this matchup and 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 – transition and he was basically like he doesn't think that Roy and the coaching staff will ever be satisfied with how fast they go but they have looked sloppy in transition and this is something that I've noticed just from the beginning you know turnovers in transition not getting out and 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 running in transition and that's just that's just not Tar Heel basketball but you mentioned something it was interesting you said that that RJ Davis and Caleb Love should not make this matchup personal it's hard as a freshman when you get cooked like they got cooked 
uh, on December the 22nd. Cam Hayes and Shaquille Moore are two guys with chips on their shoulders. Like when you, it's like Duke Carolina 1A or top. And then even though you're in the ACC, NC State is just a, a, a tier below. And so when these guys, especially North Carolina natives, because it's different, you know, when you're when you're raised in this ACC country it's different. You see it all the time. They played with a chip on their shoulder. They said they played with a chip on your shoulder. They even said this is we've been doing this to these guys for forever. To me, if I'm if I'm Caleb or RJ and, you know, I'm at UNC, I'm one of the top recruits and I hear these guys over here saying we've been cooking y'all like basically saying you not like that. I'm going to come into the game and be like, okay, it's time to go to work. Those are going to be watching. And I'm, and I'm glad you brought that up. Watching how these, those freshmen play will be critical. I don't, I I see Caleb love kind of picking up where he left off. It's going to be tough. I, I think, honestly, I think NC state, although UNC can play bully ball, um, Dayron Sharp is a beast down low. He's a grown uh, man and, in the post. And, and so is Garrison Brooks and and um, Baycott, kinda. But I think that NC State doesn't shy away on the on in the in the backcourt. In the backcourt, they have an older, uh, they have a more seasoned backcourt. You have Devon Daniels, who is their high scorer. Um, those guys don't have any problem playing bully ball. And even even the freshmen with the trip on their shoulder. I think that the matchup, I agree with you. It's not, if, if it's, if it's, if it's the front court, I think, you know, you have DJ Funderburg, Manny Bates. They're not sure if he's going to be available. He's a force inside. If Manny Bates isn't available, it's almost kind of like a wrap. It's a huge loss. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's a, a huge, huge loss. Even though they've been able to win without him, like in a, in a, with a front court as big as UNC, you're going to need that presence. If he's not available, it's a wrap. If he is available, I think they kind of maybe maybe will neutralize themselves, uh, although I think that UNC will probably be better in that aspect. But I think that NC State's, um, NC State's maturity in the backcourt will be an X factor, and it could lead them to victory. Do you think UNC, specifically Kayla Love and R.J. Davis in the backcourt, are mature enough to put that ego to the side, knowing, hey, we got cooked last game. No. I mean, they're 17, 18, 19-year-olds, so they're still kids at the end of the day. And when you get cooked, like you said, like when you get cooked like that, the number one thing in your mind is, hey, I gotta we get that, that get, get back. back on Saturday. Yeah, you gotta we get, get that, that get, get back. back on Saturday. Like, Coach, hey, I understand I'm putting the team first, but I got busted his tail. Like, I, I gotta get this get back on him, bro. Like, I ain't going out like that. He played that, my face. They're gonna try. Happened. They're gonna try. I don't know. I, I think that they can. <laughs> I probably don't think it happens. I think it'll be a competitive game, but um, UNC, I think, has won. It's very hard for NC State to win at the Dean Dome. And there are no fans, so it's different, but it's just it's just been tough for them there. All right, if you're just now tuning in, you are listening to Carolina Blitz, the radio show on ESPN 730 The Game. We're still here with Royal Howell. Make sure you're following him on Twitter. It's at True... What's your Twitter, Royal? True... Um, true, true Blue 1824. 
True Blue 1824. Um, good analysis from him. You can check out his articles on Carolina Blitz and also uh, make sure you're listening to the Two Shades of Blue podcast featuring him and Terrence, who was on the show last week. Now, if you're new to listening to our show, we're now going to transition to a segment called Blitz or Block. I am going to ask Royal a question or pose a scenario. Uh, and then Royal will decide if he's blitzing or blocking it. I will make a decision as well. We'll have a little brief discussion. All right. College basketball's rivalry is just greatest rivalry is just two weeks away. And if you're asking who, what the greatest rivalry is, is Duke Carolina. Like, absolutely no question. So uh, the greatest rivalry is just two weeks away. Blitz or block that right now the heels are better than the Blue Devils. Blitz. They're better than Duke on probably all phases of college basketball now, on the offensive end, specifically the paint. If they were to play right now, I would favor UNC by probably 12, um, regardless of the venue, at Cameron or in the Dean Dome. Uh, we have no interior presence to compete with that. Um, yeah, we got Mark Williams, who's a seven-footer, but he's really played, what, three or four games this season. Um, Matthew Hurt, who's picked up 30 pounds in the offseason, he's a stretch for six-foot-nine, six-ten, but – if you play, you put him against Armando Baycott or Darren Sharp. Darren Sharp, right now, if you look at him, he belongs in NBA right now. I think he will be gone this offseason. We have no answer for that interior presence at all. And I have no confidence in our backcourt at the time being just because Goldwire's more of a defensive dog. DJ Stewart and Jeremy Roach are too inconsistent for me. Stewart can give you buckets now. Don't get me wrong, yeah. but um, the matchup – that will be very, very interesting will be Jalen Johnson, who we had an argument earlier this week on Clubhouse about him being arguably better overall than Zion, which is blasphemous in my opinion, versus Leaky Black, who is UNC's defensive stopper, defensive pit dog, who they put him on the best player of the opposing team every game, game in, game out. So that's the matchup that I'll watch out right now if it was Duke-UNC today. I'm going to blitz it also. And for one reason and one reason only, I don't think that UNC is a more talented team than Duke. I just don't think that UNC is a more talented team. I think they are equally talented team, um, but more talented, you know, UNC has more veteran leadership. That is important. And where did I say Duke struggles? Duke struggles with bully ball. And I think UNC will be able to play bully ball better than the blue devils. And so right now, if they were playing today or tomorrow, I would have UNC favored to win. Not because I don't think Duke is a talented squad. I just don't think that they are, they have, they are physical enough right now. And maybe that changes in two weeks. Maybe coach K coach K is the goat debate. Your mama. But Coach K is a GOAT. Maybe he'll figure something out with, uh, with some of the big men and, and figure out how to get things going. But right now, I don't think that the Blue Devils can play bully ball with UNC. And, and that's basically been the recipes for success, and we see it. All right. For the first time, and we're going to stick with college basketball, for the first time since December 27th, 1982, Neither Duke or UNC are in the AP Top 25 poll. And then for the first time since December 18th, 1961, UNC, Duke, nor Kentucky are in the Top 25. 
uh, it's important to note that each of these, these are top three recruiting classes right here, these teams. Kentucky number one, UNC number two, Duke number three. Blitz or block that the Blue Bloods are falling off. I'm a blitz it for right now, just because it's the beginning of the season, but it's still many more games to play. It could potentially be blocked later on the season. I think that all three teams are still trying to gel. Like we mentioned before, the COVID pandemic has changed the entire landscape of college basketball from beginning to end. Um, yes, the vaccinations are coming out as Williams mentioned today, he got his vaccination yesterday. Um, it's going to be still, it still remains to be seen. Will the players be required to take it potentially, which I doubt, I think that'd be a different conversation for a different day about forcing players to take the vaccination. But as of right now, the players are still trying to gel. They're still trying to build that chemistry with one another. You see UNC is finally turning the corner a little bit. Duke is a little bit more slower turning that corner. Kentucky continues to drop off. I think if anything, Right now, we will blitz it. But later on in the season, once the players build that chemistry, they start gelling more. They get more repetition, more games, more practices. We can block later on. But for right now, definitely blitz. It's still time to gel and build that chemistry together. Yeah, I'm going to block it for the very reason why you blitzed it. Like, to me, falling off is like, okay, like, they're washed. Like, Duke, UNC, Kentucky, they'll never be washed. Like, these are premier programs. Premier programs have down years and then they come right back and hit you in the mouth. Like I don't see, I think that, as I said earlier, COVID is affecting these younger squads more than more veteran teams. And so you have these blue blood teams with tons of talent, talent, you know, NBA talent who, that are struggling right now. But next year, when things hopefully are back to normal, I mean, you back to seeing these guys back in the top of of their leagues, back to competing for Sweet 16s, Elite Eights, Final Fours. So I'm I'm not gonna I'm gonna say it's a down year, but they're no by no means falling off. And another thing, if these squads make it to the NCAA tournament, I don't think anybody would want to see them. Like nobody is trying to see UNC. Duke or Kentucky, no matter what their record is. So I'm going to, I'm going to block that. Could you imagine a number one seed seeing UNC Duke or Kentucky as an eight, potentially nine seed. It could in happen. A second round matchup. It, yeah. could, it could definitely, happen. It and, could definitely and they, happen. And they could definitely get washed. Like, it, Absolutely. And, it's, and it's, and, and, and that's just what it is. And that's what happens when you have teams with that caliber coaches of the caliber and uh, players of that caliber. There's just, it's just an aura that surrounds them that you, that's undeniable. All right. We have time for one more. You talked about the NCAA tournament earlier. Um, before this season, ACC coaches got together and collectively suggested that due to the pandemic, the NCAA tournament be all inclusive. Many thought the idea was crazy. Me included. Now, about halfway into the season, some people are like, mm, maybe they had something right. Uh, blitz are blocked to the idea of including every Division One team in the NCAA tournament. Quickly. I'm blocking the idea, but we know what this all boils down to. Last year, the NCAA tournament was canceled. How much money did they lose last offseason? March Madness generates a billion dollars. The last tournament that we actually had generated close to a billion dollars. At the end of the day, this is all about the dollar sign. They put in a price tag over the player's head. The more teams you have in, 
the more if they let fans travel, which uh, that remains to be seen, you generate more income, you have more revenue coming in. This is all about the dollar at the end of the day. However, you try to push it, sway it, swing it. It's about money. Money. The NCAA is a billion dollar, multi-billion dollar industry. This is about money at the end of the day. So the more teams you have in, the more money that's the more revenue that's being generated from ticket sales to merchandise to fan apparel to tickets. It's all money. Everything is generating income for the NCAA. The NCAA cannot afford to lose another March Madness. It, it just can't happen, especially with the NCAA trying to implement paying players for likeness images, even though you can't wear the team apparel when you're receiving those funds. So it's money. It's about money. It's always been about money. And right now you're putting a price tag on the player's head. That's well, what it all boils down to. The NCAA tournament is going to be played. Whether they go, go to a, a bubble format like the NBA did, logistically, I don't know how it would work, but I'm going to blitz this. I'm going to blitz this because for several reasons. One reason is you don't know how schools as far as, and there's a, a game limit that you have to play. COVID is affecting schools differently. UNC has played almost double the games of some other ACC schools because of cancellations. Are you negative? And that could negatively affect your record. Are you going to penalize those squads because of that? I don't think you should. Plus you may have squads who have struggled because of COVID on the outside looking in, who are your money makers? A la UNC Duke, Kentucky. You don't want that to happen. So you bring everybody in, create a bubble type environment and, 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 be able to to feed off of that that um that uh network money that you're getting from the NCAA tournament. So I, I'm gonna blitz it. Time goes so fast. We are out of time right now. I want to thank everyone for tuning in to the show. We'll be here on ESPN 7:30 every Saturday at 10:30. Thanks again to Royal Howell for coming on. Uh, make sure you're following him on Twitter at True Blue One underscore One. What is it? One eight two four. And also make sure you're going to CarolinaBlitz.com, checking out his content, checking out the content that we post. Uh, if you want to be on the show, our DMs are open. So make sure you hit us up. Uh, thank you for listening. Make sure you're going to Carolina Blitz for all of your sports news and entertainment. Be blitzing. The preceding commercial program was sponsored and paid for by the hosts of this program, Charlotte, North Carolina, which is solely responsible for its content.